everybody, it's Rob here with Enjoying the Journey. So grateful you're tuning in. As we record this, I'm looking out the window right now and I see life. I see trees budding, which is absolutely beautiful. It actually looks like it's going to rain here and we need the refreshing rain. Our, our ground is dry and, and we need that refreshing rain. I wonder, do you need that too? I've been thinking about that as we're getting ready for today's conversation. You know, God puts people in our lives to speak to us every, every now and then, or maybe more often for others, to bring refreshing rain to us. Something that builds us up, something that speaks into our lives, something that just gives us encouragement. And lately, it really feels like God's been doing that in my own personal life. Yeah, we've had some hiccups, we've had some bumps. I'm still a parent, so I definitely don't have great days every day. I'm trying to, uh, well, graduate a senior. I'm trying to help uh, navigate teenage daughters and all of that. So <laughs> you can imagine if you are a parent and have gone through those stages in life, what I'm talking about. But there have also some, been some joyous moments. And don't mishear me. Of course, I'm excited about my son graduating, and I'm excited about having two beautiful teenage daughters. It's just the reason I have gray on the sides of my head now. I have gray hair. But there's also been these beautiful moments where God has brought some people into my life, and it feels like a refreshing rain that was poured into my spirit. And so I don't know where you're at today. I hope that if you're in need of some refreshing rain, God will speak to you. And maybe it's through this conversation with our friend Brent. We had a great time talking about what God is doing in and through Brent, and I can't wait to share it with you. Thanks so much for joining us, and as always, I hope you find a little more joy in your journey. So excited uh, for Brent Crow to be on Enjoying the Journey today. Brent, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and, and being with us. For our listeners that don't know who Brent Crow is or have never heard of Student Leadership University. Can you give us a little background first off on who you are and what God's doing in your life? Yeah, sure. Thank you, buddy. Well, first of all, most people don't know who I am and that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's okay and that's a good thing. Uh, my name is Brent and I have the privilege of uh, being based out of Orlando, Florida with our organization and ministry. Um, I grew up in the what they call the Bible Belt, uh, mm-hmm. and was a son of a Baptist preacher, oh. uh, which meant that I went to church Monday, uh, Wednesday, twice on Sunday, and if there was ever a meeting, we got drugged to church there as well. <laughs> Let me tell you an old-fashioned, an old-fashioned Baptist joke. Uh, growing up, I had a drug problem. My dad drove me to church <laughs> there. He drug me to church this day. He drug me to church. <laughs> so I was uh, I was in church a lot, um, and unfortunately, I I made a mistake in my own thinking that um, that uh, church attendance and morality somehow meant Christianity, and it didn't. Um, it, and I remember when I was 17 years old, and I awakened to the idea that that Jesus didn't die on the cross to morally reform me but rather to transform me. And so I really didn't become a follower of Jesus until I was 17 years old. I won't go through a long list of bad decisions I made leading up to that, but I I became a follower of Jesus at 17. Um, I went to college, still had some struggles, to be quite honest with you, still struggled with some of uh, my former, um, um, I don't know what you want to call them, but issues, 
there were some addictions in my life that didn't just, I didn't get to become a Christian and then never struggle again. I don't, I know some people have that testimony, like, man, I followed Jesus and I never struggled the rest of my life. Well, I didn't get that Jesus. I got a Jesus that said, you're going to struggle, but I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to walk with you through the struggle. And so I still struggled and and battled a little bit, Um, really became even more serious about my faith, you know, somewhere around graduation uh, from college, graduated from college, um, went into the ministry, became a student pastor, did that for some time, felt like the Lord was calling me to be an evangelist, which sounded really weird to me. I'm going to be honest with you, because most of the evangelists I knew had like three sermons. They were all overweight. (laughs) Never smiled. Like I was, and I'm going, I don't want to be that guy. Please, Jesus. I don't want to be that guy. I'll do anything else. And I just began to study what an evangelist was, both in the scriptures and throughout much of church history. And I discovered that an evangelist was much more than somebody who was angry all the time with three sermons, Mm -hmm. Uh, that an evangelist was somebody who cared deeply about culture and about right and wrong and justice in culture, who cared deeply about the local church, uh, who cared deeply about seeing the desired will of God advanced in culture. And yes, all of that is, is happening as they communicate, preach, and demonstrate the, the timeless I mean, message of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, so I was like, yeah, if that's what an evangelist is, sign me up. And then somewhere along the way, I got connected. Uh, I say somewhere along the way, there's no, there's no hiding it. I married the boss's daughter. That's how I got connected to an organization called Student Leadership University. And I've been serving there for here, excuse me, for almost uh, 20 years. And really, we're an organization that tries to give students a a 15 to 20 year head start and how to think, how to dream, and how to lead, because we believe that leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. So so uh, we've had over 225,000 students go on this journey. Uh, and if I had to say what our purpose is, it would be this. We exist to help a generation tell a very different kind of story with their life, a story that has redemption as the central theme and Jesus, the redeemer, as the hero of that story. And so wow. that's a little bit about me and, and a little bit about SLU. That's so SLU really has my curiosity. Is that I think you mentioned earlier, it's both middle school and high school or say a student was interested or somebody listening to the podcast right now has a a grandson, granddaughter or son, daughter that would be interested. What what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, if they're in probably the eighth grade, uh, maybe after they've gone through seventh grade, summer before the eighth grade, that's probably about the earliest that they could start the journey. When I say journey, it's four conferences, Student Leadership University 101, Student Leadership University 201. We really struggled after that, had to bring in a consultant. He helped us figure out, oh yeah, the next one is 301 and then 401. And so, um, (laughs) yeah, we really struggled. We brought in a consultant to go, you go from two to three. (laughs) So it's a journey. It's, it's these conferences that happen in different places. Mm. Uh, Each one precedes the next. And so we'll do one-on-one in Orlando, San Antonio, Southern California, 201 we do in Washington, DC, 
Okay. 301 is London, Oxford, Paris, and Normandy. And then the last leg of the, wow. the journey is the Middle East. We go to the Holy Land. And so they're in Israel and Jordan and a couple of Palestinian uh, territories, you know, like Jericho and Bethlehem. Um, wow. And so we really, they'll still begin this journey. And it's the first thing they hear us say is that leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. And then four years later, if they come to one conference each summer, four years later, they're literally at the garden tomb. We're taking the Lord's Supper or communion, depending on if you're Baptist or Lutheran. Listen, (laughs) but we're taking the Lord's Supper. We're taking the elements. And so kind of the last thing they hear us say is that leadership begins at the feet of Jesus. So it's kind of a fun journey that kind of comes full arc in that sense. That is super cool. How many students can you take in in one conference? Well, you know, with with our first level, SLU 101, we do about eight or nine of those a year because we try to keep the numbers down. If we can keep the numbers below 350, we're happy. Total. We feel like we can, yeah, we want it to be somewhat intimate in that sense. Um, uh, So we just keep expanding that out over and over. Now, with 201, you know, we're in our nation's capital because of the nature of our faculty, you know, for example, the chaplain for the United States Senate will typically come and speak for us. And, and, you know, he can't come four times. So we have to do one big conference. So we'll, we'll do one big conference, one big gathering with, uh, I think this summer has 1100 at it in 201 and then 301. Now we're going overseas, London, Oxford, Paris, Normandy. Uh, we'll take about 400, 425. We're quite a sight with all those, all those charter buses going around yeah. Europe. And then Israel, you're going to love this one. It all depends on the news and how scared mamas are. Ah, got it. Got <laughs> so, it. so if the news is okay, we'll, we'll fill the trip up. But uh, if there's some news, you got some scared mamas to go, maybe next year. You know? maybe next. I'm married to one of those, so I'm not throwing shade. Not okay. throwing shade if you're a mama. All right. Got it. So you're married to one of those. That tells me you have some some kids or? Yeah, I have six kids. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Most people and we're homeschooled. We are a stereotype. Wow. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's um, <laughs> we have six kids that were homeschooled. They either get sometimes when I speak, sometimes, you know, you get that kind of like <laughs> that kind of nice <laughs> laugh, which is somebody's way of going. Isn't that nice? That is so irresponsible. But oh, nice. um, yeah, so we, we in all honesty, we, we had three kids the old fashioned way. Mm. And this last year, I've only talked about this. I've not even talked about this from stage yet. So, so other than our own podcast here at SLU, this is the first time I've actually talked about this. Wow. Um, in the middle of the pandemic in May, we got an email from a, a lawyer friend of ours who's in child advocacy. She's a, one of those loves Jesus in the trenches, fighting the good fight every day. Mm. And she goes, I got a unique situation. Um, I got a sibling group. And can you help me find some families? I need to connect with some families because this one's going to be hard because it's a five-year-old, seven-year-old and an 11-year-old, and I don't want to split them up. Mm. Well, if she would have emailed me, I would have immediately thought, let me connect you to some other families, but she didn't. She emailed my wife. And, um, and so I'm outside at our, we live on some property outside of Orlando and I'm outside doing something. And my wife comes out in, in this, the, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know about you, but I took a pay cut. We're trying to keep everybody on staff. Nah. It's crunched the numbers. Time. Right. She comes out in the middle of this and she goes, she knows that I'm working 18 hours a day just to 
yep. try to hold everything together. And yep. she looks at, she's crying and she looks at me and she goes, I have an idea, but I need you to read this email first. <laughs> that might be in our family, the understatement of the pandemic. <laughs> and, uh, and so I read the email and I just laughed a little bit and goes, what's your idea? She goes, we need to pray. And I'm like, yeah, I bet we do. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we went on a walk, we got on our knees. And all I can tell you is that um, almost that phrase, that phrase came to mind with John Wesley when he heard the, the introduction to Luther's commentary on the book of Romans and his heart was strangely warm. But my heart was strangely warm that day. Uh, we hit the fast forward button. Our babies were in a tough spot. So we adopted three kids. We found out about them at the end of May. They were in our home by the end of June. Every law that could be broken was broken by people who love Jesus to get these kids out of a tough situation. I mean, home studies were done like quick, you know, and yeah. the judge was like, come over to my house on a Saturday. And, and so we have six kids, but three of our children uh, have been with us only for 10 months. And so uh, my house right now is a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, two, two 12-year-olds, a 14-year-old, and a 15-year-old. Oh, I'm yeah. trying not to do that awkward thing that people do when they're... When they're <laughs> That's okay. I get it all the time. <laughs> wow. And, and how's the transition been for, for the, your kids that were already in the home? Great. Um, they have been uh, amazing. We tried to adopt three years ago. Okay. We had already prepared them for that and it didn't work out. We had a couple, uh, just, we went through the system. I don't want to throw shade on the system, but we just had a hard time. We couldn't get anybody to call us back. We couldn't get, I mean, we were in the system for three years. Wow. Um, and so they had had a, this moment of letdown you told us we were doing this and it never happened. And so it was a great opportunity as parents to turn around and go, you know, sometimes we think that the door is closed and God hasn't closed the door. He's just sitting there going, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You thought one thing, yeah. but there's that little pesky verse over there that I had put down that I could do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. And so you thought one, I thought three. Um, oh, that's good. And, and so it was a cool moment for us to go, you know what? We, we were wrong when you told, we told you this was over. We just didn't realize that God was saying, it's just not time yet. And so it was a good disciple moment, but discipling moment in our home. Our kids have really, now they're, they're normal. I mean, they're normal kids. All they're normal. We have six kids. They're all family. They're normal. They fight like cats and dogs. They mm -hmm. love fiercely. If you look at any of them wrong, they're all going to band together real quickly. Um, you know, my 15 year old son sat by a girl in youth group last week and his four sisters, two of which are, two of which are our adopted daughters, were about ready to take that young lady out back, you know, and you're going, she's just a, she loves Jesus. She's just a nice girl. He just sat by her. Everybody calm down for a moment. So, oh, I like this pack. I think I need them on my team. They've become a pack. They I are adjusted. It. And it's it's good. It's good. You know, that that actually brings, well, I, I hope it does to you. It does to me. I'm, I'm a dad as well. It brings brings joy to my heart when you when you see a crew like that stand up for each other. And, and you, you know, whether it's in fun or it's, no, dad, like, 
he's really sitting by a girl. What's happening? They're getting married tomorrow. No, they're not. They're just sitting. They're in youth group. Mm -hmm. But just this idea of you don't mess with my brother. That's right. You don't mess with my brother. That that family dynamic to have in 10 months. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We feel blessed, buddy. We really do. Oh, that's super cool. Well, I also know that you have written some books and one title really caught my attention. And I believe it's entitled Chasing Elephants. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wrestling with the gray areas of life. Yes, sir. Now, I am sad to say I have not read the book yet. But okay, most I, people haven't. <laughs> well, hopefully after this podcast, they will be picking it up and reading it. But that title caught my attention so much. Is there any way you can give us a little, little bit of snippet or tidbit yeah. of what's in that book? We were talking, you know, before we, we jumped on the podcast that I think lots of people live in the gray. Some of them yep. don't even realize it, and some of them are afraid to say they, they live there. But yeah, can you give us a little bit yep. into that? Sure, sure. Well, I, I you know, I've, I've written, I got a book coming out this fall, and I think that's my sixth book. Um, I do, I, I very much enjoy writing. Awesome. But Chasing Elephants is the book that I've written that's probably the most different out of any book. And here's why. Because it is an ethic of decision-making. Mm. how do you use your free your freedom in christ when you don't have a thus saith the lord like so many of our decisions are not in the bible i don't mean that the bible is insufficient the bible is always a lamp unto our feet Ah. but the bible doesn't just teach us what to believe so many people i I think sadly think that the bible is gives us a paint by number approach to life no 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 no. (laughs) the bible teaches us how to wander well how to how to go on a pilgrimage to heaven Mm-hmm. And how to make decisions along the way that are consistent with God's desires. And, and so we, you know, it, we, we don't have a yes and a no for every decision. There are thousands of decisions that we will make that are not explicitly stated in the word of God. And so I, uh, I, I was struggling with some decisions in my own life. I'll be honest with you. I was in my mid twenties and I was hanging out with all my really cool preacher friends and mm-hmm. some of them would sit around and they would sip their wine and talk about theology and, and smoke their cigar on the back porch and talk about their prayer life. And, and I'm going, well, I don't drink and I don't smoke, man, maybe I'm not, maybe if I got stronger in my faith, I'd do that, you know? I, right. And I didn't know how to make that decision. Now, no shade. I have friends that drink, no shade. Sure. I got people that love Jesus probably more than I do that that drink. I'm not, that's not the issue. The point is I didn't have a framework Mm. by which to decide about this decision. Right. And so I had to go on a journey and find one. And then I just did it for me. And then I had uh, a friend of mine ask me to come and share it. Uh, And so I thought, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Who's going to listen to 70 minutes? I'm a storyteller. Who wants to listen to me lecture for 70 minutes on an ethic of how to make decisions about the gray areas of life? Yeah. And uh, I did it. And then I immediately somebody sent it off to a publisher. And so I'm, I, I'm happy and kind of a little some days discouraged even because I've written several books since then. But the book that I've written that sold the most is a book that you mentioned, Chasing Elephants, mm. which just simply teaches people how to make decisions well. You know, Paul said to test everything. Sure. That's a big statement. That is. How do you test everything? He said, whatever you do, whether you eat, whether you drink, do I, well, how do I eat a hamburger different than somebody that doesn't know Jesus? And so 
how do we how do we live exhaustively intentional even in the gray areas of life mm -hmm. and that's what the book is about it's a how do you make decisions well kind of book and uh i hear from people who read it every you know every week and you're like wow that was 10 years ago and that's wow. thank jesus you know so that book was out 10 years ago more than that i think i think it came out in 09 maybe okay. something like that i i don't know and it it's still it's still cooking yeah <laughs> that's, that's the crazy thing about it because i do i think there's there's a lot of gray in, yeah. in, in life and in, in decision making and like you said I, I have a friend that always says it this way yogi Berra. do you remember yogi Berra? The, oh yeah yeah and and he had some crazy quotes one was if there's a fork in the road take it <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's kind of the idea i've had similar to you i have had religious friends well i not had i still have whether they're a chaplain or a pastor or whatever and so often we think there's a yes and a no answer if we're making a decision about something maybe it's buying a car maybe it's a career change maybe it's this that or the other thing and he goes you know what both decisions could be right yeah you stay or whether you go or what whatever there might not be a yes and no you just have to pray figure it out and, and move forward it's yeah it, it, it's not a, a a black or a white that if you do this oh the wheels fall off the bus and yeah and, and you're done yeah and so i kind of like that yogi bear quote if there's a four yeah. road I, I tell you, I tell you another thing. People usually say that I've heard this. If I've heard it once, and you probably have too, I've heard it a thousand times. Well, well Brent, I just don't have peace to make that decision. Mm. And I'll, I'll and I'll, and I used to say that. I mean, I need, I need peace before I can make a decision. And I, I'll go. But somebody challenged me one day. Uh, can you show me in Scripture where peace is a prerequisite for a decision? Mm. And I, I couldn't, and 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 I came back to us. I couldn't. What are you trying to get at here? And they go, "Well, it's this simple. Peace is the fruit of a godly decision, not a prerequisite to making a godly decision. The peace is what you receive once you've made it." And so I think what what, what the the great tragedy for so many of us is that we're comfortable living with ambiguity, and God doesn't want us to walk in in the shade. He wants us to walk in His marvelous light. And so, and so there's this idea, Paul in Romans 14, when he was dealing with two different kind of freedom issues, gray issues, if you will, he dealt with, you know, is every day holy or is one day more holy or can you eat meat that's been sacrificed to idol, all that stuff. Sure. But right there in the middle of all that, he makes this statement, let each man be convinced in his own mind. Mm. And that goes back to what you were saying. God, like we need to have clarity and move forward. Right. Right. And then we get to walk in the in the peace of that of, of the, which is the fruit of of making that decision. And so, uh, yeah, that's what the book is about. It's just designed to help people think and make decisions well. That's awesome. And I'll go back through and read your other titles too, and then we'll push that one for you as well. <laughs> that, that you're one, kind. You're kind. Oh, that one just. I told you uh, before we started recording too. When you're the guy in a chair. Uh, Gray seems to relate to you so extremely yeah. well. And, and our, our listeners, if you're new, when I say chair, I don't mean a lounger. I don't mean the couch. I don't mean a swivel chair. I mean a wheelchair. And mm -hmm. so w when you're up against a disease you cannot currently beat, you find a lot of gray in life. Uh, yeah. uh, even through 
your thoughts of healing versus no healing to, you know, you can argue, well, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you, you mm -hmm. can tell that mountain to go this way in. But then if you go into first John, it's whose sin is this, that this, mm -hmm. you know, is it the father? It's neither is for the, it's for the glory of God. Well, you've got to wrestle through all that. Yeah. So if you're in a, a sickness or, or whatever it may be, well, I don't have healing right now. So it must mean I don't have enough faith, but, but wait over here, it says, it's not about that. It's about the glory of God. And we get to do a Christian music festival. And I was just having this conversation with a friend two days ago in my office. And uh, Bart Miller, the lead singer of Mercy Me, mm -hmm. shared this one time. And it, it finally just struck a chord with me so immensely. His, his son has some form of type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Of course, he's wrestled with that and prayed for healing over and over and over and over for years. Wow. And he said, he said on that stage that night, he said, you know, I think my thorn in my flesh, talking about Paul, Paul had a thorn in his yep. flesh. Uh, he goes, I think the thorn in my flesh is knowing that God can heal my son at any moment, mm -hmm. but chooses not to. Yeah. That's the gray yeah. area uh, of life for yeah. some of us. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so glad you have talked about that book and I'm going to tell listeners, go check out Brent Crow and Chasing Elephants, Wrestling with the Gray Areas in Life and the five other books that he's got. <laughs> check those out. Check those out as well. But yeah. um, just absolutely love it. We appreciate well, can it. I, can I just say one quick yeah. thing real quick? I know we're close to time, but I want to, you know, my dad suffered a massive stroke eight and a half years ago and oh, he's wow. left side paralyzed. Hmm. He walks with a cane, but when he goes places, he has to be in a chair. Sure. And I remember the first time he flew by himself. Mm. It's tough. Like I dropped him. My mom flew ahead and he was coming a couple of days later to visit my brother and sister and their, or my brother and his wife and their grandkids out in Colorado. And from they're living with us here in Florida. So I take him to the airport and I'm kind of like that nervous parent. I don't know. I, I know that sounds weird to say about your own parent, but like, Yep. Like I can't, like, I'm going to have to let go of him here in a second. And I'm like double tipping the guy that's going to care for him. And, okay. da, 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 da. and I'm like, dad, as soon as you get on the plane, call me and then call me when you land. And, and I, I get in the car, drive away. I'm like, okay, it's okay. I got this. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> and uh, an hour goes by, two hours go by, three hours go by, th four hours go. I never hear from him. Five hours later. Now I'm mad. I go from being worried about him, being mad. Right. And he calls me five hours later. He's excited. He goes, Brent, man, can I tell you something that happened? And I'm like, yeah, dad, do you know? It, yeah. Five hours have gone by. He goes, yeah. I don't know. He said the flight got delayed and it got delayed again and it got delayed again. And he said, the young man that pushed me in, um, it got delayed. And I said, hey, do you like coffee? Coffee's on me. So we went and sat and had coffee and just watched the flight keep getting delayed. He said, I talked to him for four hours. He's a young dad, got two kids, wants to make his life count, but he doesn't know Jesus. Ooh. He said, Brent, four hours in, he knelt down next to my wheelchair and I laid hands on him as he prayed and asked Jesus to step out of heaven in his life. And then he made this statement to me. Wow. In that moment, I knew that sitting in my weakness in this wheelchair, Christ's strength was perfected through me. Mm. And I, I thought to myself, that's a more mature view 
of, of, of faith and a, a stronger faith in this moment, in, in this disabled man is what society would say, yep. than I've ever had. And here I was, Maddie hadn't called me. And in the middle of it all, he was advancing the mission of God. That's awesome. And so I, that's why I go, yeah, for, oh, you got it, dad. I'm, I'm just still learning from you. I know. And, and as a dad that's in it, you try to have that, right? You want your kids to see that. My, my 18 year old son just flew with me last week to Nashville. We had meetings down there. So he lifts me on the plane, off the plane, puts me in the chair. So the caregiver that your dad had, it just happened to be my son. But all those stewardesses watching him pick me up, carry me to my seat, put me back in the chair. It says something to them. We have it a lot of time when I when I'll go and speak in a church. I'll wheel down to the front. We'll bring our own little podium in, and uh, then I'll have him stand me in front of the entire congregation. He'll physically pick me up. And for the longest time, I wouldn't allow that to happen because my weakness. I don't want people to see. I, mm. I don't want to be different. I, I want to be like everybody else. We did that one Sunday. It's been a couple of years ago. A small little little church. He lifted me up and it happened to be in our local community, I think. And so my wife, who teaches at the public school, had some friends that were there and said that our son's name is Jagger. When he lifted Rob, they said no sermon needed to be spoken. Wow. Because... They watched, wow. they watched it. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, when I am weak, he is strong. The problem is when you're a 44 year old male and still somewhat prideful, it's hard to allow <laughs> the yeah. weakness to yeah. be the testimony of God's strength. But I so appreciate that reminder through your dad. Yeah, that is huge. Wow. That is so huge by him allowing his brokenness, his hurt. I mean, let's be honest. I'm sure there's physical pain with it too. There oh, usually, yeah. There yeah. usually is. By him allowing that, even may we say embracing it, yeah. that allowed a young person or, or another person, however old his caretaker was on that trip, to find Jesus. That's right. And that's the whole point. Amen. That's, that's the whole point. Man, it's been so fun to have you on this, this podcast today. But before we go, Yes, we like to ask all our guests this question. Yeah. So we call it enjoying the journey. Right. If you could have anyone on this journey with you right now, who would it be? Well, I'm a history nut. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and admit that. Uh, my, one of my favorite characters from history is William Wilberforce. Oh, uh, nice. So if I, could, if I could hang out with William Wilberforce a little while and, and journey with him, that would be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to pick somebody outside of the Bible because I figured everybody plays <laughs> <the> characters. <laughs> I love when we get to this, when, when the board said, hey, let's start asking this question of everybody. I'm like, no, they're all going to say Jesus or, Jesus or Paul and, or Moses. Yeah, or Paul, Moses. <laughs> it has been so fun to hear everybody's answer. And you are the first one to say William Wilberforce. So that oh, is super so cool. Super, super cool. You know, William Wilberforce called when, you, you know, I know you do your the Rise Festival. Yeah. He called his conversion experience this. And when he wrote about it to his sons, he would say this all the time. He called it the great change. It's my favorite way of referring to how to, to salvation. It's the great change. And that's how Wilberforce referred to his own conversion and how he wrote 
about it to his sons. I want to see evidence of the great change in your life. Nice. I love it. And the, and the last question would be, as we wrap up, are there any takeaways you want our listeners to grab today? Well, this is uh, Enjoying the Journey podcast. Yes. Uh, and I think journey is the best word to describe what it means to be a Christian. We are sojourners. We are wanderers. We are pilgrims making our way towards heaven. So if I wanted to, if I left our, 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 our listeners with anything today, it would be this. The psalmist said, happier the people whose strength is in you and whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. And you could almost translate that. They have the highways on their hearts. So journey with the highways on your hearts until you reach heaven. Man, you just nailed it today. Just fantastic. <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> fantastic. There are so many little tidbits, snippets in here. They got to go back and re-listen. I mean, <laughs> You're oh, no, that is, that is wonderful. Brent, thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you. God bless Student Leadership University, uh, your passion to write books and, and, and share. And for, you know what? Taking three kids in that needed a home. That's huge. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you being on today. God bless, brother. Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening.